0: Well, good morning, Crossroads Baptist Church family, and any others who are listening to our live stream, and I want to begin by saying, Happy Easter, Happy Resurrection Day, I hope you are thankful this morning for our Lord's defeat of death and his triumph over the grave Through his resurrection. I hope you have a blessed Lord's Day this morning with us virtually, listening in and watching in uh, to our live stream. And I hope that you find yourselves worshiping God and thanking Him for His salvation. It is a beautiful day, at least where I am. Uh, and I hope you are encouraged by the sunshine, by the springtime upon us, by the warmer weather coming upon us, and also by the truth that the Lord has defeated the grave this morning as we celebrate Easter and His resurrection. By, call, by a call to worship this morning, please turn with me in your copy of the Scriptures to Psalm 115, Psalm 115, for our call to worship. The first three verses of Psalm 115 say the following, Not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name give glory. For the sake of your steadfast love and your faithfulness. Why should the nations say, where is their God? Our God is in the heavens. He does all that he pleases. May the Lord bless the reading of his word this morning. By another call to worship. I'd like to read for you a prayer in the Puritans' Book of Prayers entitled The Valley of Vision. The Valley of Vision is a collection of Puritan prayers, and this one is entitled Resurrection. It says the following, O God of my exodus, great was the joy of Israel's sons, When Egypt died upon the shore. Far greater the joy when the Redeemer's foe lay crushed in the dust. Jesus strides forth as the victor, conqueror of death, hell, and all opposing might. He bursts the bands of death, tramples the powers of darkness down, and lives forever. He, my gracious surety apprehended for payment of my debt, comes forth from the prison house of the grave free, and triumphant over sin, Satan and death. Show me herein the proof that his vicarious offering is accepted, that the claims of justice are satisfied, that the devil's scepter is shivered, that his wonderful throne is leveled. Give me the assurance that in Christ I died, in him I rose, in his life I live, in his victory I triumph. In his ascension I shall be glorified. Adorable Redeemer, thou who wast lifted up upon a cross art ascended to the highest heaven. Thou, who as a man of sorrows was crowned with thorns, art now as Lord of life, wreathed with glory. Once, no shame more deep than thine, no agony more bitter, no death more cruel. Now, no exaltation more high, no life more glorious, no advocate more effective. Thou art in the triumph car leading captive, thine enemies behind thee. What more could be done than thou hast done? Thy death is my life, thy resurrection, my peace, thy ascension, my hope, and thy prayers, my comfort. May that be a blessing to you as we head into our time of worship this morning. Though we be separated geographically, we are united in the name of Christ, and we are united as we look to Him this morning and celebrate His resurrection. And I hope and pray that You've already been thankful, you've already been celebrating the resurrection of our Lord this morning, and I trust that is so. Uh, A few announcements this morning before we look to the scriptures again. Um, Firstly, I want to say thank you for all who participated in the Good Friday video for sending in um, your greetings For sending in your thoughts thank you very much to all who participated in that it was great to see all of you guys and uh, thank you for your involvement and thank you to Nick for editing all of that together and doing a great job at that secondly um, our Bible studies um, are happening Um, our Bible study on Wednesdays at 7 we've been studying Ephesians That is available on our YouTube live stream. You can find that by going to our YouTube channel. Crossroads Baptist Church's YouTube channel. Or you can pay attention to this Facebook page. And you'll see the link posted for that. And that will take you right on over to YouTube. And you can participate in um, studying the book of Ephesians. And also our ladies and men's groups are still happening virtually and if you'd like to be invited to those or participate in those uh, you can contact the church or myself Facebook or email or text or call any one of those. Uh, Fourthly, uh, don't forget your Easter picture. Okay, We've invited uh, you to post a picture of your family's Easter Sunday. Um, if you um, are comfortable just snapping a picture of uh, the setting inside your home uh, with your family worshiping or celebrating the resurrection sometime today. It can be formal, informal. Um, just send us a picture, post it on the, the group or send it to us just to um, to kind of get a little bit of um, info and insight into uh, how we're all enjoying this uh, beautiful day and this um, time of celebrating Christ's resurrection. Um, And lastly, I just wanted to say to um, our church family that I, your pastor, I miss you, okay? I want to be clear in saying that. I do miss you, and I look forward to the day where I can see you all again. Um, I spend uh, each day here in my office, uh, the church studying and doing whatever admin work has to happen, and and on Sundays, I get to see everyone, and it's encouraging. And then I spend my days alone in the office as well. Uh, and I've, I've, I haven't gotten that fix, if you will, every Sunday or, or getting together for Bible studies. So I just wanted to let you know, as your pastor, I do miss you, and I'm praying for you. And I trust that your other church family members are praying for you as well, and they miss you as well. So be encouraged uh, by that. Uh, firstly here this morning, but also be encouraged wherever you are um, as we look to the scriptures. And why don't we do that right now? Let's turn to Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28 is where we will begin our study this morning. Matthew 28 verses 1 through 10 is where we see the wonderful resurrection of our Lord. We see Matthew's account of this, of this resurrection of Christ. And if you're interested in uh, the other Gospels that give this account, Mark chapter 16, verses 1 through 8, Luke chapter 24, verses 1 through 12, and John chapter 20, verses 1 through 10. The title of today's message is the following The Resurrection Reveals God's character. The resurrection reveals God's character. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is the culmination of the redemptive plan of God. God's entire plan or arrangement of redemption from Genesis 3 onward is brought to a climax or a crescendo in the resurrection. The atoning work of God pivots, it hinges, on the resurrection of Christ. A believer's justification, sanctification, adoption, and future resurrection is all made possible by Christ's defeat of death. Listen to what Spurgeon says in regards to the resurrection. Upon a life I did not live, upon a death I did not die, I risked my whole eternity on the resurrection. Calvin says this If believers' eyes are turned to the power of the resurrection, in their hearts the cross of Christ will at last triumph over the devil, flesh, sin, and wicked men. And to fully understand, to not fully understand the resurrection is to not fully understand. The scriptures. And if one misses the significance of the resurrection of Christ, this empty tomb, they miss so much more. A believer's redemption, forgiveness, reconciliation, adoption, inheritance victory over sin hope through difficulties and joy through sorrows is because of Christ's resurrection is made possible by Christ's resurrection the resurrection also gives us a little glimpse into the character of God, And let's read Matthew 28 verses 1 through 10. Now after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb, and behold, there was a great earthquake. For an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance his appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, "Do not be afraid for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here for he has risen as he said. Come, see the place where he lay." Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid, go and tell my brothers. Go to to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. As we remember and celebrate the resurrection of our Lord this morning, and as we read this passage of scripture, so many thing, things can be said. So many points can be made. And within our title of the message this morning, the resurrection reveals God's character. I want to make the point of His omnipotence this morning. We see His omnipotence here revealed through the resurrection. And in that. The word omnipotence means having unlimited power or authority. Unlimited power or authority. It comes from the Latin prefix omni and suffix potent. Omni meaning all, every, or each, and potent meaning power. All, every, all sorts of unlimited power. Now, We have to point out God's attributes are so profound to us because God transcends us. The word transcend means to rise above or go beyond the limits of as defined by Merriam-Webster. To rise above or go beyond the limits of. God transcends us. He transcends us in His character. So it's it's difficult to seek to wrap our minds around His attributes and His abilities. It's like trying to fit the entire ocean into a thimble. It can't be done. Why? Because creatures of dust have difficulty comprehending the very one who transcends reality itself but scripture gives us glimpses or or sightings and allows us to peek at God's character at his characteristics and that's the beauty of the scriptures is they reveal to us Though God transcends. Though he's outside of time. We learn that he's omnipotent. He has unlimited power. What does that look like? What does that mean? Well, firstly, if you're taking notes, jot this down. Omnipotence rules in favor of the resurrection. Omnipotence rules rules in favor of the resurrection. Go with me to 2nd Chronicles chapter 20. 2nd Chronicles chapter 20 verse 6 says the following. O Lord God, God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. In your hand are power and might. So that none is able to withstand you. That word for withstand here means to take one's stand against. To station one's self against. And oftentimes in these Situations I'm drawn to an illustration that comes from the sports world. Okay? And I've been thinking a little bit more about sports lately, dealing with my, my injury. I haven't been able to do anything. And it gets to the point where rather than play, I can just sit and I can think about sports. And you can feel bad for me or laugh at me. That's fine either way. But to illustrate this word withstand... In the context of a, of a sports game, maybe, maybe basketball, let's just pick a random one, okay? And when you're guarding someone and someone's coming to you with the ball, what do you do? You engage them in a defensive manner, right? You stand against them. You make your stand against them, okay? No one is even able to seek to do that to our Lord within the context of this passage. In his hand are power and might. Okay, listen to the wording of verse 6. So that none is able to station one's self against him. Why? Because he's all powerful. And to be all-powerful means that none come close to you or to that. Go with me to Jeremiah 32. Jeremiah 32. Another fitting passage that explains to us the power of our Lord and God. Jeremiah 32 Verse 16, we'll begin in verse 16, says this After I had given the deed of purchase to Baruch the son of Nerah, I prayed to the Lord, saying, Ah, Lord God, it is you who have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and by your outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. You show steadfast love to thousands. But you repay the guilt of fathers to their children after them. Listen to this phrase here: "O great and mighty God." That phrase, "O great and mighty God," are two names of God: El Gadol and El Gabor. El Gador or God, or Great God means all. Bigger or exceeding. Exceeding God. All of God. Biggest God. And then Al-Gabor. Mighty God. The word mighty means strong or great in this context. So they're saying is Al-Gadol. Exceeding in might. Strong. Great. God. Giving to us a, a glimpse of the power of God. Now back up to verse 17. Look at the ending of verse 17 in Jeremiah 32. Nothing is too hard for you. Look at the listen to the definition okay, of this word hard. To be surpassing extra. Ordinary, to be surpassing extraordinary so within the context of that phrase nothing no thing is surpassing or extraordinary another translation says difficult for you so to try to wrap your head around the omnipotence of God absolutely nothing Surpasses him or is extraordinary to him. You begin to see, get glimpses, snippets of the character of God when you see passages like this and when you see them in light of who we are. God's power transcends whatever idea or limit of power man conjures up. So think in your own mind, think in in my own mind, how to define God's omnipotence, and it technically doesn't even come close to fully understanding the infinite Character of God. Why? Because he transcends in his power. Mark 4.41 says, Even the winds and the waves obey him. Why? He's omnipotent. Listen to John frame. In defining God's omnipotence, in his book, Systematic Theology. God is able to do what he wants. He is able to do anything logically possible. He can do what is possible. He has infinite power. He has power over all things. He has more power than anyone else. And he can do anything compatible with his attributes. He also says in his book, Systematic Theology, to attribute weakness to God is incompatible with the stance of worship. God is always powerful and always competent. So when he says in Luke 2 or Luke 24:46 and 47 that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead and that repentance For the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations? He's not kidding. He is absolutely, categorically, unquestionably capable and able, because of his omnipotence, to follow through and complete what he promises. Genesis 2 we see death is born. Matthew 28, as we've read, we see death is defeated. In, Rome, in Revelation twenty-fourteen, we see that death itself dies. How? Why? Because of the resurrection. And how or why was there a resurrection? Because it hinges On Christ's deity, which begs him to be omnipotent, as we see in the scriptures. The one for whom and by whom are all things was the one who walked out of that grave. Now, listen to these words, please. It was not a suggestion that Isaiah wrote 700 years before Christ in Isaiah 25.8. He will swallow up death forever, and the Lord will wipe away tears from all faces, and the reproach of his people he will take away from the earth. Nor was it a recommendation that Hosea prophesied, I will ransom them from the power of Sheol, I will redeem Them from death, O death, where are your plagues? O sheol, where where is your sting? And it's not semantics, hyperbole, or an exaggeration that Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15 death, where is your sting? Hell, where is your victory? These are absolute statements. Definitively pointing to Christ's atoning work through the resurrection that we celebrate today. How can he do this? He's omnipotent. He can do whatever he wants. And in his omnipotence, He chose to die for sinners. To ransom them for redemption. Christ didn't need to resurrect to prove his omnipotence. You understand that, right? He, He needed to prove nothing. He was already omnipotent. He was already all-powerful. And he didn't need to prove anything to anyone. Because he already was the strong and mighty God. But when we pair this wonderful attribute of God, that being his omnipotence, with other attributes of Christ, with other attributes of God, We begin to see and be humbled by the beauty that is in the gospel that is hinged on the resurrection. As I said before, Christ didn't need to resurrect to prove his omnipotence. He did it, not for his own benefit, but for the benefit of you for the benefit of me for the benefit of sinners the entire atoning plan and work the redemptive plan of God culminates in the fact that Christ defeated the grave and by doing so he allowed us to be Forgiven for our wrongdoing. Listen to Romans 5. For while we were still weak. At the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person. Though perhaps for a good person one would even dare to die. But God shows his love for us. In that while we were Still or yet sinners. Currently. Christ died for us. Since therefore. We have now been justified. By his blood. Much more. Shall we be saved. By him. From the wrath of God. For if we. For while we were enemies. We were reconciled to God. By the death of his son. Much more now that we are reconciled shall we be saved by his life. More than that, we are also in God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom we have now received reconciliation. I want to ask you this morning, do you believe this? Do you believe this? This victory of Christ through his resurrection opens up the floodgates of spiritual blessing towards the repentant sinner, towards the believer. I want to just make a few notes here. This victory of Christ brings so many things, but just a couple. It brings hope. Are you hopeful this morning? Is your hope in the resurrection of Christ? Because 1 Corinthians 15 talks about your resurrection in Christ one day. Those who have repented of their sin and believed in Christ as Savior. Those whose sins are atoned for, who are reconciled by the prepositional phrases, if you will, of Romans chapter 5. By his blood, by his death, by his life. Have the promise of one day being resurrected with him and being taken home with him to be with him in glory. Hope. Secondly, are you glad God is omnipotent? Are you glad that God transcends in his character? May we be hopeful and may we rejoice in God's omnipotence. Now, I have to make this... Statement: God's omnipotence with his holiness and justice and his love together perfectly act and create the greatest, most wonderful rescue story history has and will ever see. When you pair and you collect all of the attributes of God in his character, you see them work together in harmony to create the most powerful redemptive story we'll ever know or see. And that's all made possible by Matthew chapter 28 verses 1 through 10. Of Christ defeating the grave. Notice he did not say. I am finished. He said. It is finished. On that cross. And he was talking about. The atonement. The retribution for wrongdoing, And from that. You and I can be forgiven. A few statements. To close off this morning. Mark Devers says, It is the bodily resurrection of Jesus that breaks the idolation's claim of this life to be all there is. Jared Longmire writes, Christians are people of the resurrection. And our resurrection, our resurrection lifestyle, shines. All the more brightly when everyone around us may be fearful. Is your understanding of the resurrection this morning, is it shining? Are you continuing to be salt and light in the world today? Because you can through the resurrection of Christ. And the resurrection of Christ was because of all of his attributes and also because his omnipotence and his love for his creation and may that bless you this morning i'd like to encourage you to remember the resurrection of our lord even after today this is something that should be on our hearts and minds every single day of the year. Louise was getting ready this morning, getting her Easter dress on. Martha was dressing uh, them all up. And Louise asked Mummy and said, Mummy, is tomorrow not Easter day? And I get what she's saying, but may we not have that view of today is Easter and then the rest is regular life? May we remember the resurrection even after today. Lord bless you. Thank you for taking the time to listen and join us in this live stream. Thank you very much. And bless you on this Lord's Day where we celebrate His resurrection. He is risen. Thank you.